Hello and welcome. My name is Brent Weaver and this is the Digital Agency Show. The podcast that goes behind the scenes with today's top agencies and entrepreneurs. I am really glad you're here. And once again, it's time to transform your business mindset. Hey, what's up, agency owner? If you're new here, I've got a free ebook on how to scale your business to multiple six and even seven figures by overcoming your dependency on referrals, doubling your profit per project, and removing yourself as the main bottleneck in your business. All you have to do is DM me the word gift on Facebook at Brent Weaver. That's facebook.com slash Brent Weaver. And I'll send you your guide on how to achieve freedom in business and life. All right, let's get back to the podcast. Hey, what's up, podcast listeners, digital agency owners. Welcome to another episode of the Digital Agency Show. I'm your host, Brent Weaver. And today we're hanging out with Meredith Vaughn. Meredith is the CEO of world-acclaimed Vladimir Jones Agency. She joined the team in 1999 was their president from 1999 to 2008, where she grew the agency's billings by more than 600% and became CEO in 2014. She continues to ensure that Vladimir Jones brings to life their focus on building meaningful relationships that last. They have clients like Tourism Santa Fe, Snowmass Tourism, Nebraska Tourism, some companies like Otter Products. They make that popular Otter Box, that protective case for mobile phones. They're working with American Indian College Fund, Black Hills Energy, lots of major brands. Meredith, welcome to the program. Thank you so much. So glad to be here. So for our listeners, uh, I've just rattled off some of your accolades and accomplishments. Can you paint us a picture of the Vladimir Jones agency today? About how many people do you have, uh, you know, the types of clients you typically serve, all that good stuff. Absolutely. Um, we're lucky to be an independently privately independently owned, privately held agency and have been for the past 50 years. We're just celebrating our 50 year anniversary as an agency, which is quite a remarkable feat. And the reason we've been able to um, be profitable and stay in business for 50 years is really because we invest in the team. So our strategy starts with understanding the team and how our team can identify and get to real actionable, interesting and ownable insights for each of our clients. That investment in team um, comes to life in not just the human resources, but also the tools and resources that we buy or or utilize in our day-to-day effort to be really, really smart, strategic partners to clients um, much beyond just campaign focused. We really are business partners in a a true consulting way and have been for the past 50 years. I think you might be uh, the longest lasting, longest thriving agency that we've had on the program. I I mean, we've had some people that have touted 20 year businesses or even 30 year businesses, but 50 years is a pretty big deal. That's, uh, That's actually seen quite a lot of change in the marketplace in terms of the types of things and technologies and clients uh, that you're serving. Yeah, absolutely. How, how has, how, yeah, how has the business like, you know, has it always uh, stayed around the same size? Has it kind of grown? Has it been, um, I know you've, you've overseen the business while it's experienced some pretty massive uh, growth. I think I mentioned, you know, over 600% uh, growth through new client acquisition. Over that 50-year history, like, talk to me about some of those, those times. Like, how, how does a business like an agency last that long? Well, absolutely, Brent. It's a great question. You know, it, it isn't an easy thing, and it's a, a very purposeful thing. You have, to, um, you have to be focused on 
so many levers as an agency owner. And you have to be really mindful of not just what's happening today and tomorrow, but also what has happened in the past to learn from the mistakes that you've made, but also to make the right investments, both emotional investments, which are a significant part of, of my day-to-day, where am I emotionally investing my time and focus, but also the the literal physical investments. Our success and our long, longevity truly comes from um, high-touch engagements. We are really, really good at relationships. But more than that, relationships only get you so far, as we all know. We are always seeking to know more, be better, and empower the team to make decisions independent of, of sort of the ties that often bind agencies to um, strategic decisions. We really let the team run and, and try new things and fail fast and, and be really independent in the way that they engage with clients. So not only do we tend to retain clients longer than in industry average, we also retain team um, longer than industry average. We really trust one another. Um, the longevity of the company is because we believe in the good of people and we trust our people implicitly to make the right decisions, do the right things and be sort of their own independent owner of their own business within the walls of the company. Um, that has paid off in so many ways. Um, in fact, there have only been two years in the past 50 years where we didn't turn a profit. The first was at, right after the events of September 11th. So in 2001, we were heavily tourism dependent in that, in that year. And so after, after September 11th occurred, the tourism industry, as we all know, suffered dramatic impacts. And so that year was a, it was a tough year end. We made like $10, a little bit of a profit, but not, not nearly what we, we, we typically plan for. And then the next uh, year that we weren't profitable was after Excel Energy, which at the time was our largest client, consolidated all of their marketing in Minneapolis. And being a Colorado-based agency, the marketing team moved from the Denver headquarters to the Minneapolis headquarters. They went with the Minneapolis agency, fully aware that that was happening. But that was, you asked previously when we were talking earlier about some of those challenging times, that was one of the more challenging times as the CEO of, of the agency, the decisions we had to make and how we had to readjust and, and act really quickly to make sure that we were protecting the the, the greater good of, of the agency team and, and making the decisions that we had to make on the ground to protect our book of business that were staying with us as well. It, so those two years, um, while not awesome, taught us a lot. And so I would say another key to our longevity is we learn and we evolve and we maximize the learning and how to, how to be better tomorrow. And then third and finally, the reason we have such good longevity is because we are first and foremost a business and we apply business principles to every single day. While creative is a critical part of, of how we engage in creative thinking in all areas of the team, we really make strong business investments and those business investments pay off. Hey, what's up, agency owners? Today's episode of the podcast is brought to you by Float. As an agency owner, you need quick, reliable answers to questions like, how much money will I make next month? When can I afford to make another hire? And what if I lose that big client? Float, the cash flow and scenario planning software for Zero and QuickBooks Online, helps you answer these questions and more. 
so you can start making smart business decisions with confidence. To access an exclusive six-week trial of Float and set up a call with one of their cash flow experts, visit floatapp.com slash the digital agency show. And I want to hear more about the types of business investments and how, how you think about that. So I love this idea of, of actually running the agency like a business. I know that it might seem like uh, obvious or common sense, but I do know myself in- included when I first got into the agency game, a lot of it was because I could build stuff. I could do the creative. And so that was like a really natural uh, progression. But earlier you said around how you make emotional investments. Mm-hmm. And that's the first time I've ever heard somebody say that, that actually, you know, put it in those kind of words, like making an emotional investment in something versus, you know, I hear people talk about time investments a lot. I hear people talk about, you know, investing my time in this or my money in this. But uh, tell me a little bit more about what you mean by kind of thinking about maybe more strategically about the types of emotional investments you make. Yeah, you know, um, it's a really important thing that as an agency, we are trusting of one another that we have a strong belief in the commitment that everyone has to doing the right thing and in the ability to have someone to protect you if you do make a misstep and surround you as a team if if something goes the way that things often do off the rails in our industry or doesn't occur in the way that that you want it to. Our industry is such a deadline pressure and budget-filled miasma of stress that the worst possible environment is one where the team that surrounds you, the agency that supports you is doing exactly the opposite of what they should be doing and contributing to the stress. And so we often find ourselves in um, in a hiring position where we are going more on gut than on the the previous work history. And we talk about how important it is to be surrounded by people who truly um, care, not just about getting their piece of the puzzle completed, but making sure that the rest of the team also feels as confident and as comfortable in everything we're doing on a day-to-day basis to execute at their highest potential. So when I talk about investing emotionally, I, um, I interview everyone who comes to the agency. I truly get to know the team and what they not only are functionally really excited by, but also what emotionally they worry about or struggle with. And and so the investment we make in our people goes far beyond just the salaries we offer or the tools and resources they have access to or the strong um, education plan that we put in place and, and tap into resources, give them the ability to tap into resources for. I truly, I feel like it's my job to be the hockey goalie. Um, if everything else on the ice fails, I need to be there to to stop um, whatever is coming the agency's way. And, and the team needs to trust that I mean it when I say, I'm here for you. And I'm here for you in all, in all ways. Um, we do a lot for our team that extends beyond just the workday. We really um, provide a different kind of team engagement strategy because it's so important that the emotional investment we all make in work 
isn't just exclusively focused on work product. Can you give me an example of something that you do beyond the workday? Sure, absolutely. We have a lot of great examples of, of how our culture starts to come to life. One that I love um, that we implemented, we had a, a team member whose wife struggled for about 10 years with breast cancer. And he obviously was taking a lot of time off to be with her and had, you know, had to had to prioritize that. And of course, we wanted him to. So instead of a traditional PTO model, what we have implemented at the agency is everyone can donate PTO hours that they don't think they're going to use if someone is facing a crisis. That's one real tangible benefit that isn't a benefit that people obviously think about. It's not something you really think, well, how can I help? Besides sending food and besides being there as as a friend or confidant, this is something our team can functionally do. And, and what we ended up doing is, is donating several hundred hours of PTO to this person so he could stay employed, obviously, keep his health insurance, be with his family when he needed to. And beyond that, the team just swooped in and picked up all his work. And so we didn't want him to have to go on FMLA. We wanted him to get his full salary and, and be really present and not have to worry about the, the kinds of things that shouldn't even come into the consideration when you have someone with that serious of a health issue. So that's one real tangible functional example. Another is we have a program that we call Vlad Ads, and it allows for Vlad Ads is a program that gives um, people the ability to um, promote their coworkers and their peers. And so every month people submit Vlad Ads points um, recognition of their peers. And, and those Vlad ad points can be translated into one of three things. The first is money. We will give you a bonus at the end of the year based on the number of Vlad ad points you have. The second is if you want to take extra PTO days, we will give you 50 points equals one PTO day. We will give you as many PTO days as you want. And then the third is um, education and seminars. Um, we have a very robust education training budget, but this allows people to go beyond their training budget. Um, and if they really are interested in something that is completely outside of the industry, but want they want to learn more, we will pay for them to do that based on their flat ads points. Um, everyone who is a, a, an employee here gets 100 flat ads points for year of, per year of employment. So it also recognizes and rewards longevity at the team. And then finally, we just do nice things for our team. One of my favorite things is it's called gym dinners. So the founder of the agency, uh, one of the founders was uh, my father, Jim Hall. Um, and he was a notoriously generously spirited human being. And so gym uh, dinners... Um, they don't necessarily have to be used for dinners, but it's a $100 spot gift where we will um, give you $100 and you've done a great job. You worked extra hard on something. Here's $100 for you to go out and um, take your friends to a bar if you want to do that or go out to dinner with your family and we on us. So those we look for both big impact and small moments of delight to bring to our team in, in real tangible ways. Uh, it's, it's an important thing for us to culturally reward moments of excellence, be a relief in moments of high stress. And 
provide tangible recognition points that go beyond just a client deliverable being well-received. I love, uh, there's so many things there that I'd, I'd love to, to dig into. I mean, one of the th- things that kind of I thought of when you mentioned the donating the PTO hours to a team member, I, I mean, first of all, I think that's so cool. I, I've never heard of that, never thought of that. And uh, I just love that that exists and that's a, that's a thing. Um, I imagine you have to have a lot of, I mean, a close-knit team and a lot of trust in between individual team members to make a program like that function, right? I mean, I can imagine if there was a high, if your business had high turnover or something like that, I mean, you know, gifting PTO hours to other other team members, or maybe you need gifted, you know, you need hours gifted to you and nobody wants to gift them to you, right? I mean, that might not feel super great, but but I think it's super cool to, to have people come together uh, for something like that. But but it sounds like trust is super high uh, mm-hmm. with, within the team. I mean, what are things, how, how are you helping the team to, create that environment of trust? Like, I feel like, hey, we should all, you know, trust one another is an easy thing to say, but I feel like within a lot of teams, especially creative teams, sometimes there can be, you know, some some challenges around that. Yeah, that is such a great question because, you know, it sounds so like, like you said, it sounds so basic, you know, you should just trust, right? It, our industry is so hard for developing and maintaining trust. And it's a really, uh, it's a really tenuous and delicate and precious thing once you do have the framework. And it starts, I firmly believe, at the top. It is my responsibility to make commitments that I intend to follow through on, to be honest in every engagement, to be kind rather than nice, and to be vulnerable. And I am focused on all of those things in every single engagement with every single person on the team, as well as with all of our clients. And it's really something that I work hard at. Vulnerability is a really important part of of being able to create a trusting environment, an environment where trust is authentically felt. I don't ever ask the team to do something that I wouldn't myself do. Um, If we make a mistake, the most important thing we do is own up to the mistake, acknowledge it, and make it right. Um, We never try to hide things. We have complete transparency with our clients and with the team and provide opportunities for real conversations to occur. If there is something that I can't answer, I will not only give the reasons why I can't answer, but have a conversation about how, what is the level of, what is really behind the question? How can we, how can we have a dialogue about these things in a way that feels um, productive, honest, and filled with integrity? You mentioned earlier that the couple of times that you were not profitable, uh, one was around 9-11, one was when uh, you lost a major client. Obviously, uh, 2020, we're, we're recording this interview on the 2nd of December. It's been quite a year for a lot of businesses. Some businesses are having their the biggest banner year ever. Uh, some businesses, uh, it's been a real struggle. And you mentioned a lot of your clients and, and just from reading some of your backstory, right? Uh, I know that Vladimir Jones has worked in the tourism industry uh, quite a bit. Some of your current book of businesses in this space. Also, you mentioned some stuff in, in retail, uh, which depending on 
what kind of retail you are. It's been an interesting year. How how has Vladimir Jones fared this year? How is, has the, the, the new economy been impacting you? Um, well, let me back up. When I talk about investments that we've made, um, so we've made the human investment and the emotional investment in the team. We've also made some really smart um, functional investments. For the past decade or so, we have been investing heavily in digital, um, both from an ad tech perspective as well as from a talent perspective. And right now, as a full service agency, about 65% of our business is digital, but we are full service, offer all facets of, of the spectrum. This has been a year that those investments, both in the internal communication investments we've made, through the tools and, and resources that we've put in place and, and deployed before the pandemic um, with our team, as well as with the way we have um, structured our client portfolio and the tools that we bring to bear on behalf of the, the clients have given us um, great leverage to ensure that we continue to do the right things and make the right decisions on behalf of client businesses. Um, because of those things and because of the trust we focus so so much on, we're having a really good year. Um, and I'm, I don't say that without wanting to acknowledge um, a couple of things. The tremendous amount of hard work that has gone into that by the team, the commitment to um, our clients when they are industry in industries that struggle or are having a hard time. And um, we have one client that's in the tourism and attraction industry that didn't even get to open this year. Um, so we worked with clients on a client by client basis based on our relationship to make sure that we were not just thinking about what the contract says for today, but helping them to find ways to leverage what they can and thinking about the future. Um, those long-term client conversations with the vision for what could be when we get out of this and identifying points of relief in the now for them has given us the opportunity to talk about different ways of engagement. And so because we have structured ourselves to be this sort of true consulting partner with, with our clients... We have had um, more flexible, faster-to-market ideas and have been able to protect and extend client relationships in ways that were unexpected. I say all of this also, and I want to acknowledge a couple of things. At the very beginning of all of this in March, when things were really starting to get hairy for everybody, um, we made a couple of commitments. The first commitment was that we were going to protect our team no matter what. There, we did not want one person on the team to worry about their job or where their next paycheck was coming from. And then the second commitment we made was to constantly be iterating for clients no matter what, so that when they were feeling stress and pressure, we were there to help support them. So it came in the form of just providing strategic talking points all the way through to coming up with new ways of engaging remotely. I, I can give you a couple of really specific examples of, of shifts we made immediately. One is for a tourism client in a place that has had really disproportionately strict lockdowns to other parts of the country, and that's Tourism Santa Fe. You know, their, their road signs, New Mexico Department of Transportation put on the road on I-25 
if you are not from New Mexico, you have to quarantine for 14 days. You are not allowed to come into our state pretty much. And so we jumped quickly to doing two things. Um, one was giving the first industry that was hit in, in Santa Fe, which is the, the food and beverage industry. They shut down restaurants right away. An outlet to um, continue to engage with people who were true fans of, of these places. We did a virtual margarita trail. And it was, um, we did it within 24 hours. We gave filming instructions. Everything was filmed on people's iPhones. Um, we did a, a, an edit and a, a social buy, paid social buy against it quickly. And it was remarkably effective in not just maintaining the love that people have for, for Santa Fe. And we know who those people are because we start with a really, really robust set consumer segmentation strategy. So we were able to be very focused, not spend a ton of money, but really engage with the right people for the brand and for the long term. And what that did is it gave us the ability to create remarketing messages on just because you can't be here now, we're thinking about you and we love you and can't wait for it to welcome you back. So we've been able to stay in touch through um, periods of reopening and then closing down again and then reopening again and then closing down again with people who have opted into the brand. Um, it's not disruptive. It's very um, long-term strategy focused. It has great storytelling. Um, and then this fall, which is one of their most important seasonal times for Tourism Santa Fe, they have something that is typically held in person, which is the Wine in Chile Fiesta. And it brings in very, very high-end vineyards um, and pairs that with Chiles from New Mexico, the New Mexico Chiles. And so because we knew we couldn't do it in person, we put together a complete virtual Wine in Chile Fiesta this year based on the learnings from what we, what we saw in the spring and summer months and we're able to execute a program where every, almost every um, every seminar sold out. It was all virtual. The vineyards loved it. The destination loved it. It was great for the brand, and it helps to continue to bolster the long term strategy for brand building. Those are some awesome campaigns. On the, uh, I have to ask the virtual. You said the virtual margarita trail. Is, is that just like a, some videos that were on social media? I mean, what was that experience? I mean, I'm sure we can link to it in our show notes uh, if yeah. people want to maybe take a look at that if it's still you know online it, in some way. Uh, well, but uh, we sent um, we sent instructions to all of the bartenders on the Margarita Trail. Um, so the Margarita Trail is actually a physical book that Tourism Santa Fe has. So when you're in Santa Fe, you can go to each of the the restaurants and get a margarita, and then get like a you know, it's like a passport where you get a, a stamp and then you get gifts at the end of it. So because we knew people couldn't come to Santa Fe, and this is one of the most popular things that they do, uh, we did the recipes. So we did recipe cards, and then we had the bartenders actually show step-by-step -step instructions on how to make them. And then we mm. distributed it to, to in sound bites in paid social. Hey, what's up, agency owners? As someone that's built hundreds of websites for clients over the last 20 years, I know how important it is to have a content management system that helps me launch sites fast so I can focus on getting my clients' results and building a successful and profitable agency. If you're looking for a new CMS, I'd like to introduce you to a new platform called Zephyr, a content management system built for power users and agencies. 
Build websites faster, make clients happier. Find out more info at ZephyrCMS.com and get one free site for life and a free theme setup valued at $500. That's ZephyrCMS.com. Now let's get back to our interview. And I know people that, uh, you know, like to drink responsibly with the pandemic. It's probably been a good time to, uh, maybe have some, some fun festive drinks around, around that. So that's a great idea. Same thing with the wine in Chile festival. I think a lot of clients, big and small, when this all hit, freaked out and went to their agencies, went to, you know, people to give them good ideas. How, you know, what are some of the things that you've done? this year to create, to, to be able to come up with those, right? You mentioned that you like to be a consulting partner. You recognize that a lot of people in, uh, in this business, right? There's a lot of deadlines. There's a lot of pressure. Uh, and, and we do want to run it like a business, but are there any kind of specific tactics or methods that Vladimir Jones has cultivated to help create those really cool campaigns? Yeah, absolutely. That's a great question, Brent. We, um, we, so we start with, with, it's easy to say we start with the consumer, um, but because everyone says that, right? And, and one of the things that really does differentiate us and, and helps with our client relationships is the way we put consumer insight and understanding in the center of everything we do is not just from saying, well, here's what the consumer thinks and believes, but we do extensive, extensive profiling on consumer behavior. And so while it starts with the persona development, um, that persona development actually extends to measurable touch points throughout an entire journey, uh, the, the ecosystem that we develop to surround the, 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 the consumer for our clients in ways that are more meaningful, um, tactile and emotionally connective. So our process, no matter what, starts with what we call our business case. And so that business case outlines um, the things that we know we have to accomplish. Um, once we get the business case, then we jump right in and start developing personas that have actionable components to them. Um, it's it's great to sort of dream about your consumer and, and look at an ideal consumer, but if you don't have actionable insights built into persona development, then it really becomes just a nice exercise to to really sort of think about from here's who we who we would like to attract. So we start with the business case. We move to persona development. From persona development, we do idea graphing or identity graphing, rather. I'm so sorry, identity graphing. And that identity graphing sort of gives us the the insight into how our consumers, our very specific opportunity targets, live their lives. Um, what are the touch points that are more, more meaningful than others? How do they focus their attention? What do they wake up thinking about? So the investments I talked about earlier in um, tools and resources, we have significantly invested in tools that allow our teams to be quick in getting to answers, but also confident in their in their ability to provide leading thought to each of our clients. So that identity graphing then gives us the ability to really sort of paint that holistic, actionable picture. You have the business case for the client. We have the personas of the consumers. Then we start to focus on how they live their lives. What are the ecosystem points that the, the business, the case that has identified needs to fill so that we can achieve business goals? 
And so we act as a consultant in that regard, um, in that we are providing new ways of seeing not just the consumer as their behavior starts to evolve and change with all of the media options available, but also how the business strategy of our, each of our clients can fulfill unique needs that maybe aren't immediately apparent. But once you start sort of digging in and scratching the surface, that gap that exists that can only be filled by, by our clients becomes really, really apparent. That's awesome. I, uh, I was thinking this whole time that, uh, you know, the, uh, virtual margarita trail was just like creative team went into a room for 30 minutes and then came out and said, Hey, we're going to do this. But what I heard from you was you do hardcore data research analysis, consumer behavior. And it's not like, Hey, this idea just came out of left field. It's like this idea is mapped to things that we believe are going to serve the, the people that are actually, uh, that we're trying to serve, right? That this is going to serve them in some way, connect with them, engage them, fulfill yeah. them in some way. And then that's going to elevate that brand. That's going to get you those business results for the clients, uh, which sounds way harder and more detailed. And I totally understand why you all have been become wildly successful uh, in these in these challenging times and also in in, in normal times. So uh, I love just, just hearing you walk through that is, is super fascinating. Because I think some people think like, I mean, even when you're running like a small agency, you think, oh, big agencies, it's just, you know, it must, they must run it like Mad Men or something, you know, there's just the creative room, bunch of people smoking cigarettes and, you know, not really. I mean, we, we, we know better, but, um, but kind of thinking about those campaigns coming out and realizing that you're doing something like really in depth, right? It's not just bigger, but it's, it's probably more in depth, more, uh, more almost science behind what you're doing, which is super cool. Yeah, it is a lot of science. Um, you know, our, our team, um, I, I, I often talk about our agency and agencies in general as five or six businesses under one roof. Um, you know, we have amazing data scientists on our team. We have remarkable media thinkers. We have unbelievable insight uh, folks who just really intuitively understand the tenor of conversation and culture that we need to be focused on. We have creative people who are so interested in what's next and new and the way of seeing the world through a different lens. Um, we have account people who build relationships that are remarkable and based on more than just the work. And then we have our finance team who are so unrecognized in most agencies, but we have um, created a, 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 a process by which we do what we call impact analysis, where our finance team, our digital and data team, our media team and our account team actually put together a process that shows where media investment will create an impact. So the business case identifies the business goals. As we're sort of running towards um, the solution, one path is on what are those gaps that consumer facing approach. The other is what is the impact that we need to have with the media budget? And so these two paths run simultaneously and we come back with an analysis of an investment. We talk to our clients about their budgets as investments in the future. Um, one of the things that I learned early in my career is that uh, it's a mistake for agencies to assume a client's budget is the agency's money to work with. Budgets are client investments in achieving their business goals. They are investing in the agency because they believe the agency has better 
more effective and more strategic ways of bringing that investment to bear than they do in-house. And so that investment, the client investment in each agency, in any agency, is a sacred contract that we cannot take lightly. And so as we're sort of identifying the gaps on the consumer side, we're also working very, very hard on this impact analysis so that we can show the best use of every dollar um, and what we expect the impact to be. So we have um, on our team a group that's called the industry research team, and they spend the majority of their time really focused on understanding industry trends, ensuring that we're really fluent and highly capable in having conversations in multiple verticals, and that as we're doing the impact analysis, we are keeping our eye on what's happening in each of our clients' industries so that we're not missing an opportunity that might not necessarily be immediately apparent. Meredith, this has been an absolute amazing conversation. I just, I love the term sacred contract. I've got a bunch of other gold nuggets that I've taken from this session. Uh, Are you ready for our lightning round? Oh, I guess. I don't know how, should I be worried? (laughs) Probably, probably, right? Uh, (laughs) uh, I I haven't had anybody uh, uh, end the interview at this point. So so I think you're you're, you're in safe hands, right? Um, All right, let's go with the first one here. What is the best advice you've ever received? Have a cash management plan. Which of your personal habits has contributed most to your success? Uh, Working out, making time for myself. Can you share an internet resource, a tool, or app that you've been using a lot lately that you think our listeners would find valuable? Stylus. Uh, it's, Stylus is a company based in the UK that tracks consumer trends, and they are remarkable. And what book would you recommend and why? Oh, uh, Winter's Tale by Mark Halperin, because it forces you to suspend disbelief and get lost in the story. Very nice. That's uh, have not been recommended that one yet. So you said Winter's Tale? Yes. I feel like my life is enough of nonfiction. <laughs> it's good to get some balance uh, these days, especially. So we'll link out to Winter's Tale as well as uh, Stylist and several other gold nuggets, takeaways, and resources at our show notes page at yougurus.com forward slash podcast. If you're listening to this week of, you'll see Meredith's episode right up there at the top with her photo. Click on that and you'll see all sorts of great resources for you at yougurus.com slash podcast. Meredith, how can folks learn more about you? Is there anything that you have that they can check out? Oh, I have lots, but none of it's all that interesting. I would say the best place to go is is vladimirjones.com. We are big believers in sharing content. We have a lot of great content resources available and a lot of great POVs. Um, I am on social and Twitter at Meredith Vaughn. My last name is spelled V-A-U-G-H-A-N. And also our LinkedIn pages have great resources as well, both the agency and my personal. So happy to connect with anyone. Very cool. Well, we will organize all of that. So if you're 
on the road or on a run or like me on your bike and you're like, wow, I would love to follow up with Meredith, check out yougurus.com forward slash podcast. We'll make sure all those social links are in one place. So if you want to learn more about Meredith and the stuff that she's sharing out there on social or check out some of the amazing work of Vladimir Jones, you'll be able to check that out as well. Uh, we'll try to also link to some of those campaigns that you mentioned on the show. So we'll make sure that we have links out to uh, more details on that. If people want to go and do the uh, virtual margarita trail, uh, maybe people are feeling that at the end of the year, or maybe that wine in uh, Chile festival or seeing some of that content uh, that you all have produced, that'd be awesome. So we'll organize all that on our show notes page. Check that out. Meredith, thank you so much for stopping by the program today. Thank you, Brian. It was a pleasure. Great to talk to you. And that's it for this week's episode of the Digital Agency Show. Stay tuned each and every week for more great content coming to you to help you grow your digital agency so you can achieve freedom in your business and life. Until next time, I'm Brent Weaver. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. And remember, if you want that free ebook on how to scale to multiple six and seven figures, all you got to do is DM me on Facebook the word gift at Brent Weaver, and I'll send you your guide on how to achieve freedom in your business and life. Until next time, I'm Brent Weaver.